Hi, welcome to our podcast, Like Jasper. My name is Sarah Calvin, and I'm your host, along with my fabulous cousin, Brittany Gonzalez. Our podcast comes from a scripture found in Revelations 4.3, where in John's vision, he attempts to describe the indescribable image of Christ and says he is like Jasper. Our hope is to be more like him daily and come alongside of you to encourage and build you up in your faith. Join us on today's episode of Like Jasper. Hello and welcome to our special Thanksgiving podcast. I can't believe it's already this time of year. It's like it's I know it's said by. flown by, hasn't it? I know. I always feel like it's like it's hurry up and then wait and then um, all of a sudden it's here and it's like, oh, it's New Year's and we <laughs> barely got out of July. I don't know. <laughs> it just goes right? by so fast. Yeah, yeah but we um, so we just Sarah and I wanted to do just a special one because we know it is such a busy time of year and um we wanted this to just be I, I mean we we know that we thought about doing a thing of thanksgiving right but yeah. that that would make sense but <laughs> we don't um, do, we don't like to do things that make sense <laughs> so true so true um and by if you're here by this time you've probably already figured that out but um <laughs> I think just what was on my heart is the fact that sometimes this time of year is really hard for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have family or they're really in financial burden or especially if they do have family, but those family have passed on, then Mm -hmm. holidays become more painful than joyful. And so I think that I just wanted, and I know you did too, we just wanted that the the listeners would have something that they know they can be thankful for no matter what their circumstances, no matter the time of year. Um, and, and that is our identity in Christ, that it doesn't change, like he doesn't change. And so that's where we're going with this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And we're both, Sarah and I are both, well, Sarah's significantly has been under the weather. Um, so we've prayed not to cough in your ear, but if we do, <laughs> then just bear with us. Maybe uh, don't have it at full bl- volume as you yeah. listen, <laughs> just yeah. in case. Um, I'm recovering from the flu, so mine is that deep, like raspy flu cough. <laughs> not very beautiful. <laughs> it's not. Um, and well, on, on the contrary, my cough is incredibly elegant, and it is just very <laughs> regal and refined. <laughs> It's like that, like. <laughs> yeah, it's that uh, dry cough that you it's uh, does nothing for you. Anyways, I don't really feel like I needed to go into a <laughs> depiction of our coughs, but just know that oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> it's because you laughed. That's why that's we're gonna exactly. try to keep that together and not just laugh the whole time. Although we are um, bound to do it. So um, I know that I have things, and we always do this. Who wants to start first? Is it you or me? Um, I would say go for it. No, I want you to go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I love it. So I have, um, as I was praying through this and, and reading through scriptures, one verse that the Lord really brought up and it was really me and it was fresh to me was first John three, one. And it says, uh, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are 
the reason why the world does not know us is that it does not know him. And I just love that. It just reminds us of the love that God has and so much so that we get to be the children of God. And, you know, as children of God, we're set apart. Mm -hmm. And so as we're set apart and we are separated from the world, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Right. And with that, there comes, sometimes you feel a sense of like battle of like, where do I belong? And you're trying to Mm -hmm. wrestle with sometimes wrestling with fitting in, sometimes not sometimes just wrestling with how do I like allow the Lord to really um, shine through me and let the world see like there's always some sort of wrestle right mm-hmm. being in the world and I just thought that whole thing was very comforting um, yes I the identity that. of Christ the child of God God's love for us being set apart all of that I know and I one of my, the ones that stood <clears throat> out to me today was in first John as well so I always found oh, cool. that so awesome yeah. that God does that but um I being called a child of God is is probably one of those terms that unfortunately has maybe lost its power because it's mm-hmm. said a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. um, just like Jesus loves you and there's should be no way that that loses its power. But it's almost like, you know, it, I don't know. Um, well, it, it doesn't lose its power as much as it becomes numb. Yes. Like, yeah. We, it doesn't have to hear it after so many times that it becomes numb just like a child you've told your kids clean up their shoes a hundred million times and it's become numb to their ears they yeah, don't they hear still it don't anymore. do it yeah they don't do it um but that, that yeah that's what I mean that it doesn't it's like when you heard it for the first time and you received it for the first time there's this um sense of I don't know acceptance and mm-hmm. joy that comes with it and then it kind of just becomes like I know I'm a child of God but like do you know that you're a child of God because right. that is a that's a thing that is what the enemy wants to rob you of in in circumstance and the point of this podcast was to say that you know no matter no matter where you are in life right now if you are a CEO of a company if you are um it doesn't matter like where your station is, what your economic status is, what the hardships you've gone through. If you are a child of God, um, that is something that we want you to be able to focus on and hold on to because it's the thing that the enemy tries to strip away from you and make you feel like, you know, you're this and you're that. And he'll even point out things that are like obvious, like, well, you don't have this and this and that and the other. And, um, that might be true in this, in the, you know, in the sighted world, but in the, the security of your spirit and your life, um, there's such rejoicing over the fact that when I become a child of God, all of God's promises are mine and all mm-hmm. of God's authority is mine. And so I love that you started with a child of God, especially speaking to the people who have lost parents or had abusive family or were in foster care or, or, you know, whatever they've experienced like that, where they may not have had uh, the best example of a parent to know and recognize your heavenly father as a good, good father to you, his child. There's Mm -hmm. so much freedom and so much to be thankful for in that. And the one thing that comes from first John five, um, 18. So just a couple of chapters over from where you just read, it says that, um, it's, 
I said 518, I think. I don't even know if I said it out loud other than first John. <laughs> we know that everyone fathered by God does not sin, but God protects the one he has fathered and the evil one cannot touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us insight to know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I, um, that right there for me was kind of like a fresh thing to know that he, when we're his children, we're under his, I think about that, um, that scripture, the covering of his wings, right. Where he pulls us to like, as like a bird does covering you with his wings. And so to get Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was cool. That two scriptures that were kind of new to us, um, we're both, so well. yeah. Yeah, we're both in the <laughs> same book um that's that's awesome and I have a list I kind of want to just give a little testimony if that won't um okay yeah. so whenever I was going through um I was wanting to lose weight and I had my husband and I had really prayed about the idea of having um the, the, a gastric surgery to help me with that. And I, I didn't have peace about that for a really, really long time. And, um, but I, I ended up having, I had so many back issues and things that my health was really like my quality of life and the life for my children was so diminished. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, we decided to just go ahead because the process was going to take a very long time and you had to go and you had to talk to different counselors and you had to get a nutritionist and all things that my husband and I just felt like when it came down time to make the decision about the surgery itself, we, you know, this process itself would have been beneficial. So let's just, you know, move forward with this and see how God leads. Mm-hmm. And um, so I remember the first time that I went to this, to this, it's like a, uh, you know, multidisciplinary clinic with the different, with those different people, the counselor, the nutritionist, the bariatric surgeon, the whatever, all those are all in one, in one building. And, um, I remember that the doctor that I saw, he was this like rough, gruff, look like GI Joe became a person and was sitting in front of me. He um, was incredibly physically fit and he was just um, had been in the military. You could tell that, you know, he, he wore like, he had on pants that were like, um, like army, they weren't camo, but they were like that army green kind of color right. with the pockets. And like his shirt was just, I mean, it was just one of those things that I thought, oh, this is really going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be super uncomfortable. And um, because, you know, all my life I've struggled with weight. So every time you go to the doctor, they're always like, oh, well, you know, you're fat and that's what's wrong with you about everything. There could never be any other reason why. I could have anything else going on. It was always just because I was fat. So I was kind of used to doctors saying that. And I remember this man um, was nothing like I expected. And he was, he was straight from the Lord and, and God had prepared my heart for this experience on the way over. I was listening to a ransom heart podcast 
and but with John Eldridge, if anybody, that's a great podcast, by the way. And he was talking about our identity in Christ. Um, and it was from the book Victory of the Over the Darkness by Neil Anderson. And and it was the first time that like he there were these bullet points, which I have here, just specific scriptures about what your identity is. So I had listened to it on the way over and um and I wrote them down in the in the in the waiting room. And then here comes G.I. Joe to talk to me about my weight was peak physical fitness and I remember him saying to me some of the most freeing things and I think I was more in shock that it was coming from a man who would have ordinarily in real life been like the person to mock or make fun of like that you would imagine would make fun of somebody who's heavy Mm -hmm. and he was like you know that um this is not about willpower and this is not about this, that, or the other. This is an actual disease. There's so much science that talks about what your body does and these hormones, like all of these things. And for the first time ever in my whole life in this journey, there, the shame of it lifted off of me and I got in the car um, and I, I say this, Molly, back up one second. So there's this guy, like I said, peak physical fitness, and he's he's all these things, but he was the most freeing doctor I had ever met that broke the shame off of me. And I walked two steps, you know, down the next hallway to talk to the nutritionist, and she does what is the cliche thing, which is essentially, you know, it's funny, like not she didn't make fun of me, but she just I don't know how to explain it. Anyway, so I I had both the Lord's provision and the enemy trying to provoke me back again into this state of um, shame. And Mm -hmm. I got in the car and I flipped my mirror open and I said out loud, all of these scriptures, I am a child of God. I am a friend of God. Like I named all these out. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I had accepted my identity once that like shame was broken off of me, right? Like the shame of my failure, the shame of my mistake and my mistakes, many of them. And, um, and so my list comes from that book because it really helped to free me and get me in a place where I wanted everyone to know their identity because, that is where the enemy no longer gets the authority in your life. Once you know who you are in Christ, mm-hmm. once you stand on that in the face of the worst mistake you've ever made, the, the worst sin you've ever committed, what biggest failure, whatever it is, your identity in Christ is secure. And that is so important for us to know in this season of Thanksgiving that we can thank God that it's not about us. It's not about uh, our mistakes or our worth um, on our own. It's the, it's the worth and the value that he saw in us enough to die for us, to give us his righteousness, yeah. his, his glory. And so anyways, that was just a little aside to say that my list, uh, you know, I want to make sure that everybody knows my list is coming from the book uh, by Neil Anderson. I mean, it's just scripture. It's not the actual book. Like I don't have any, well, I haven't actually read the book, but it's just scripture that he sort of pulled out and I put on a, on a piece of paper so I could read it to myself and claim it over myself. Um, That's great. Now I want to, I want to read the book. I know. (laughs) I know. I I have forgotten about it, honestly, until this. So I probably will be buying it um, as well, just so I can, 
um, yeah, dig in a little deeper to what he says. But anyway, so there's, there's kind of the aside and the heart of this is that it's, it's secure you, who you are. And if you've never heard these scriptures, I know Sarah, you have a list too. Um, we, I just really encourage you to take them and write them down and open your mirror in your car or stand in front of your mirror in your bathroom and speak them out over you. That's the power of the spoken word that we talked about many moons ago, but um, in, in, um, kind of piggybacking off of that, sometimes like you want to say it to where you believe it, Mm -hmm. but even if you can't believe it yet, still say it, still say it over you. Oh, that's good. That's really good advice because sometimes we don't believe it the first time or the third time or whatever, but Mm -hmm. you're still sending out, uh, the truth and speaking it over you. And eventually it will, it will take root, Mm -hmm. um, in you. Um, I think the... Yeah. So I also want to talk about um, identity in other areas too. So of course I love your testimony there. That was so powerful and so good. I also think that a lot of times we, we pick up our identity in our, our jobs, like our mm-hmm. careers mm-hmm. and we'll pick up our identity through that. Also through our spouses, a lot of times um, who you're married to, or even through your children. I've seen so many people like, my child is, you know, an incredible gymnast or a pianist or whatever. And their identity becomes more through their child and their worth is like who their children are. And they will put their kids in every single thing so that they will excel because they're finding their own identities through their own children. Right. Mm -hmm. And people go through their whole lives putting their identity in all these worldly things, their jobs, their spouses, their children, um, their homes, the types of vehicles they drive, who their parents are, all of these things. And that's so easy to do, but those are tangible things. And it only takes but a moment for those things to be wiped out and you're left with no identity and you don't know who you are. Uh, You don't know where you're going. You that's gone. Right. And that it's so important to have a firm foundation of who you are, your identity in Christ, because that is who you are when everything else in this world is shaken, removed, jolted around Mm -hmm. that your identity in Christ is not, it is still there. And if you haven't built that foundation and that identity in Christ and your worldly tangible identity is wiped out from under you there's you're left swimming and filling this huge weight as opposed to being free because you know who you are in Christ that's so good and I think about Job Mm -hmm. and what he went through and literally everything has is you know everything was wiped away from him and that is the the point of it being Thanksgiving and and the Thanksgiving time is that you know, we, in our family Thanksgivings, we go around sometimes and, and say what we're thankful for. We don't do it every time, but I always, I mean, it's good to be thankful for the things that you have. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Of course, be thankful. God gave it to you. It's a gift to you. But um, like you said, those can be gone and you're laid bare and vulnerable. And I see this a lot. I know your kids are in involved in a lot of things too but I see this at baseball it's like they've made people have made like you said um idols out of their kids oh yeah and and not just the, their kids but the the game itself mm-hmm. and it's 
and it's um, that that assures their value. So when we talk about your identity too, we're we're really also saying in the same breath, the value that you have is not temporal. Um, it's not, it cannot be removed from you. And that, that's the thing that's so freeing and so much to be grateful for, because if I go out tomorrow and I kill somebody, um, does, is God okay with that sin? Am I going to need to repent? Of course I am. Of course. I'm not saying that, but he still loves me Mm -hmm. and he still sees me as his own and he would still draw me and woo me and want me to be, you know, a part of his family. And that is a value that can't be shaken no matter what. Um, yeah. So I love that, that we put our identity in other things because, you know, as a nation, we're drifting away from teaching, teaching our children the value that they have in Christ and Christ alone, you know, and if, um, and we wonder why depression and anxiety are just through the roof. Rampant. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Not to say that you can't suffer with (coughs) depression or anxiety, knowing who your identity in Christ is. It's not, not saying that, but I mean, because we're, we're generation and a world that puts such emphasis on worldly things and um, money and status and, um, you know, straight A student or like whatever. Um, And when, because we live in a broken world, those things are going to fail. And then you feel like you're a failure and all of this things that you strive for just crumble down and vicious cycle. (laughs) And I go back to what you just said earlier about it being, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of this world because mm-hmm. the Bible tells us over and over again that we're foreigners mm-hmm. in this land. Like we, we should not fit in. There should be a marked difference between us and the Absolutely. world. Um, and, and that a piece of that at least is knowing who we are and to whom we belong. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? You know, my father is, you know, owns the thaddle, thaddle, the cattle, (laughs) the thaddle, he owns the thaddle, the cattle on a thousand hills. Like that's where, you know, I'm, I, I'm not rich in finances necessarily, but I am rich in spirit and I'm rich in, in spiritual blessings and that, and, and coming back to that being what we want more than, um, Oh, this holiday season, I think it's everybody. We are trying so hard to give kids a Christmas and a, and a Thanksgiving that's this huge, you know, full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and while there is, you know, such beauty and wanting to give your kids nice things and, and surprises, all of that, right? Like, but, but is that, is that what matters? I would much rather um, know that I am helping establish this foundation for my children that says who they are. Cause I'll ask my kids, um, you know, are you, Oh, how do I say it? I can't even think now, but they'll, I'll ask them, um, you know, are you, are you important or are you, um, um, are you beautiful? That's what I'll say. Are you beautiful? And, and my kids will say yes. And I'll say why? And they say, because uh, God created me. Uh, because if their beauty is based on, 
what other people say about them, how many followers or likes they have, how many, uh, you know, people have ever complimented their physical appearance and that's going to fade away, but they're beautiful because it says over here in Ephesians two, six, I'm God's masterpiece. I'm created for good works. You know, he formed me in my mother's womb, um, before, you know, like all of that is why you are beautiful. You are made in the image of God. He made all of these things that we can look at in the world, a a sunset and mountains and trees and plants down to like a a praying mantis that just freaks me out when I look at it. But the amount of details in it, it's not beautiful to me in, in the sense of visually appealing, but the creation of it, there is such marvel and beauty about it that you're like, Oh my goodness, you know? And so then to think that God would form these things that, you know, see the Grand Canyon and these sites and things that are so breathtaking that even when you take a picture of them, it never captures it. I think about that canyon between you and I, the yeah, um, Providence Canyon, Providence Canyon that we, we finally went to last Christmas time. And I remember thinking, looking up at it, thinking, this is so spectacular and trying to take pictures of it. And I'd go look at my pictures afterward. I'm like, this is not what it looked like. It did not look like this. (laughs) And yet that God destroyed with a flood and God did, you know, none of that mattered to him, but his creation that was created in his image, that level of beauty. And so um, that's my kid's identity. I'm beautiful because Christ made me and I look like him. I'm his, you know, I'm his masterpiece. His image. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's not banging around. Is it rustling really bad no. on your end? Okay. Sorry. I keep hitting the, um, your microphone. Yeah. I keep I hitting know. it. Sorry about that. No, um, uh, yeah. So anyways, that was a little bit of a tangent, but really the point but it's is so true though. And I think that's a really valid point. And this is a little bit off. Can I go off topic for a second? Oh, or? please. They okay. were expecting so this I was reading um, <laughs> Romans eight fourteen through 17 today, and I'm just going to read it. And I would love to just kind of like die, digest this together. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So it says, for those who are led by the spirit of mm-hmm. God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit, if you received, brought um, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Abba Father. Father. Yep. Mm. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are, ch- that we are God's children. Now, if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Mm. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. (laughs) Excuse me. Mm. So I just love that that incorporated the spirit (coughs) and the heirs of Christ. Um, And I just, I would love to hear when you hear this, Brittany, like what comes to your mind as a child of God and how that all kind of ties in. Do you have like thoughts that come to your mind when you hear all that? I do. Um, <laughs> it makes me emotional, but uh, it's it's his righteousness. It's mm-hmm. that we're co-heirs. And I don't think that people really get that because we have this sort of like fall, unintentional false humility to say like, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yes, you were. Yes, you were a sinner saved right. by grace. But now I am a righteous holy, perfect, blameless, 
co-heir of Christ. That means when I step into the lawyer's office and they're divvying out my father's inheritance, me and Jesus are brother and sister and we're getting the same things. Me Mm -hmm. and the son of God are brother and sister. I am a co-heir with Christ. And that means that everything that Jesus died for to give to humanity is mine. It is mine equal. All my enemies are my footstool because Christ's enemies have been put, you know, like yeah. it's all under him. That's mine. That His authority is mine. Uh, his righteousness is mine. His perfectness is mine. His perfectness, his perfection. That's what I was trying to say. His perfection is mine. And, and we don't want to say that because Um, that sounds vain and that sounds like, oh, this is about me, but no, 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 no. Everybody saw me yesterday, lose my cool with whoever and not act how I should act. And yet Christ says, I am his co-heir. I I am his. And because I seek after him and have, I'm led by his spirit and I have, you know, I trend, I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind that even through my mistakes, I'm, I'm desiring to walk with Christ. I I'm doing all these things, but regardless, I'm righteous because Mm -hmm. he took my sin and gave me his righteousness. And that is the, the, that I'm so glad that you read that because I've, is mind-blowing <laughs> it is mind-blowing and, and if we don't start saying that about ourselves then when we slip mm-hmm. then when we mess up that's what we focus on mm-hmm. uh that we slipped and we messed up and we fell and we tripped and blah, 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 whatever it is yeah yes you did because you're still in a corrupt human body in a corrupt world and yeah. this is not your home but your righteousness and co-heir status has not changed yeah that did not change and when when you say that out loud like man i just you know whatever happened but i'm a co-heir with christ satan literally snarls he can't stand it he wants you to feel condemned and that's one of the scriptures i have too you know there's no condemnation now Jesus. yeah yeah and it's in romans romans itself i'll tell you two of the biggest books i feel like that kind of hone in on our identity is romans and ephesians if yeah, i'm being honest for sure um but anyways what are you what come what you asked no, me that, all of that i think that was i just kind of when i was reading this earlier and i was writing down things that the lord put it on my heart um for this podcast when i got to that one i felt like the lord was like um, ask Brittany her thoughts on this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Brooke, that's so incredible. That makes me want to cry so hard because like that has been my thing is that, um, I don't want people to walk around with this ha- saying over and over again, I'm a sinner saved by grace because you're not anymore. You're not a sinner. Jesus yeah. said that you're no longer a sinner. Your sin is gone. Yeah. It's removed. So, and, and back to that first John that I read in five eighteen, it says that if we're born of God, we don't sin. And in, in the sense that that is no longer our inheritance, yeah. right? We inherited that from Adam. It wasn't mm-hmm. about our sin, or our actions so much as it was about you came from the line of Adam. He was a sinner. He died and was living in this corrupt, you know, body. And that's passed on to all of his descendants. But now through Jesus, my inheritance is righteousness. It's no longer a sinner. And if we can walk around and get that in our mind, then, then it's, um, it's so liberating and empowering and it helps us 
dust ourselves up off and reach for the hand of God a lot faster than sitting in the dirt and, you know, letting Satan smear it on our face as we cry, you know, like that is what he wants. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. And, um, I don't think people really believe it. There's always this, well, but maybe, uh, I don't know Mm -hmm. if he meant that because, you know, if I sin, you can't call me righteous. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what you just read. And that's not what all these scriptures say. It says, if you have received Christ, then, and it says, Abba father, that's like the tender way of saying father. It's not like just hello father. You know, (laughs) it's like, that is, he's my dad. That's my dad. And when I call my dad, he hears me the same exact way as he hears Christ. Like Mm -hmm. he looks down and sees his child, Christ, the perfect one. When he sees me, when he sees you listeners, when he sees you, if you've accepted Jesus as your savior, his righteousness is yours. And that is something that we could spend the next year being thankful for (laughs) (laughs) and still never scratch the surface because Mm -hmm. why would he do that? I mean, why would he do that for us? There's nothing, you know, that's where I get in my head of, uh, there's nothing redeemable about me. And yet here I am redeemed. You know, and yet here I am holy and righteous and blameless. And I, um, the one that I have, I have been adopted Mm. um, and and I have direct access to God. This is in Ephesians. There's like a whole, if you guys would, don't ever read the Bible again and you're not sure, go to Ephesians, just read through Ephesians. Uh, That's for the, you know, maybe the new believer and the seasoned believer, because it talks about who we are in Christ and who we are as the body of Christ and how we should operate. And man, it will just light a fire under you. Good Um, stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I also love that you read was that we did not receive a spirit of slavery again to fear Mm -hmm. that part? Because I don't know. I'm sure that you've experienced this. I think as all Christians, you know, you have the, oh, well, you know, they're, everybody's going to go out and they're going to go drinking at a bar. They're going to go, you know, they're, they're whatever they're doing. And they're like, oh, Brittany's not going to want to do, you know, she's not going to do that. And it's almost like this mocking kind of Mm -hmm. like you're missing out on the fun because you're a Christian. And it's like, not, I'm not speaking against that you're drinking or anything like that. I'm just talking about the atmosphere of something that they think, you know, I wouldn't do or I don't do. And truth be told, I don't do that. But it's not that I, I'm not missing out on anything by not right. going and doing that. And I think about that, you know, I've, I've not been given uh, the spirit of slavery leading right. again to fear, but the spirit of adoption. And so I don't know, that just makes me think of like when you, when you're becoming a new Christian and you start separating yourself from even people who you love and who love you and there's some mocking and there's some like, Oh, are you serious? You're not doing this and you're, you're whatever. Um, just know, Know that anything that the world has to offer literally will end in slavery to to fear and to anxiety and to emptiness and to hollow. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that's one of the lies that the enemy you know puts out there is like, well, you're a Christian, you can't have fun now, you know. Mm-hmm. And it and it, it's like that, and it comes back to I am free and a son of God because of this, and that's better than anything that would be a momentary, you know, um, cause sin is fun, but I don't have to do that anymore to feel, feel fulfilled or like I belong. Yeah. I already belong. Um, 
and and again i'm not saying that everybody who drinks doesn't know where they belong i'm not or anything like that i think hopefully my point was conveyed um through that but uh yeah yeah i think it was i think that's so good too and i think too we get caught up in the identities of um sin patterns that we have continued to pick up over the years Mm -hmm. and sometimes you get the distorted mindset of well this is just how god made me to Mm -hmm. desire these things or whatever right and i think god knows my heart yeah right it's important to recognize that the desire for desires for things that god has forgiven is not a reflection of how god has made me but instead it's how sin has distorted me mm-hmm. and so if those distortions if we are pick, picking up those things and we're just like well this is who i am i just drink or this is who i am i just do whatever no, that's not who you are. That's a distortion of sin. And we have to set aside that mindset too and, mm-hmm. and really take captive that 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 is not who you are. Yeah. You are a child of God. You are forgiven. You are free. You are set apart. You are worthy. You are, you know, all of these things mm-hmm. that those sins do not define you. Right. right. That's so, so the point I, I think that I... haphazardly did not make but that you are not that's not who you are it's kind of like um in in my field we we do person first Mm -hmm. you don't call somebody autistic um I cringe when I hear that by the way so if you don't know about anybody in the disabled sort of side of things the people who have struggled with any kind of disability then you you say this is so-and-so and and they have autism, but that's not who they are. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect of some thing that they, you know, are working through learning how to cope with or learning how to uh, get better, you know, whatever it is like, you know, you're not brown hair. Sarah's not brown hair. Sarah (laughs) has brown hair, but she's not brown hair. You know, I, I'm not blue eyes. I have blue eyes, but I'm not blue eyes. And so when you, when you mess up and you sin, you know, I'm, I'm just a cusser. That's just what I do. No, that you can be different if you want to be different through the power of Christ. But either way, that mistake is not, you, like you said, it doesn't define you. I Mm -hmm. like that. It's a distortion because of sin. And, um, yeah, that was really, really good. Um, and, and you have to say these things out loud, too, because however long you've believed an identity about yourself, especially when it comes to, like, generational things, like, oh, he's just like so-and-so, that's just who he is, and, you know, this is just, that's not who you are. You are a right. child of God, you're a member of the body of Christ, you're a saint, you're holy, you're adopted, and that seems like, okay, you, you've honed in on that, but really, people don't, how many Christians how do you feel like you hear saying, I'm a saint, I don't think I hear people say that very often. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yet Ephesians 1, 1 says that we are saints and right. it's like, you know, and it says that you will know in Ephesians three, whatever I think that is that you will know with all the saints, how high and how, or maybe that's Colossians. I don't want to misspeak Colossians or Ephesians, but either one, the point being like, how big is God's love for you and right. to know it with all the saints and we are become a saint when we enter into his family and that is who we are not what we do but who we are and that was really good as soon as we receive the lord we have picked up a new identity in christ Mm. and the old is gone and dead and and removed completely not just covered up removed 
Yes. And I like, you know, when you gave your testimony, when we did the first podcast with our, um, of our testimonies or the second one, whichever. And, and you said that you, you know, we talk about like that your sins are removed, but you can be in environments that look Christian, that smell Christian, that Mm -hmm. talk Christian and not actually be a Christian. And you know, based on not based on stumbling that happens, not based on some backtracking and oops or some growth that you have to go through some hard things, but if actively daily you have um, a desire to know Christ and be more like Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. no matter the season that you're walking through, there's different ones. There's ebbs and flows of things. Um, Mm -hmm. That's how you know that you're in the family of Christ, not because you go to church and that's how you know your identity is strictly in being the new man and the new man does not slowly by the transforming of your mind, right? The the renewing transformation by the renewing of your mind, you do stop desiring those things of the world, but you have to be right. You have to recognize what is it? uh, David says, search me, Oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask God for that because our heart is sinful. Um, But our identity is holy and righteous you know every day we have to give that over to christ and say make me more like you make me more like you and um anyways that's how you know if you're in the family yeah it is a process (laughs) it's the sanctification like it's the that sanctification process Mm -hmm. but it's not the holy and the righteous process that was done it's that okay now i gotta i gotta learn to unknow everything i knew before and and the and the like what I call like spiritual muscle memory too, right? Like that is something that you have to begin to develop and exercise, you know, everything requires, um, some, some effort to exercise. Yeah. 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 Exercise the spirits, you know, like you have Mm -hmm. to get in his word and, you know, draw closer to him. But yeah. yeah, um, I love that. That was good. Well, I have some list that I wrote down of, our identity in Christ. Do you mind if I read some of those? Oh, please. Or do you have I love it. First? Okay. No, no, no. Go. So it's a little bit lengthy of one. And I think that you actually have a list as well. So <laughs> we can collaborate our lists. <laughs> I'm going to uh, tell you when you say yeah. the scripture, I'm going to say yes, if I have it too, just because I love <laughs> when God does that. Do you want me to read the scriptures next to each one as well? Um, j- yeah, just sit. You don't okay. have to read the so actual I scripture. Have, scripture. I, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we've been talking about the whole theme yeah. of it. So yeah. <laughs> I know like this very first one, I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's that's such an important one to know your identity in Christ. You are a child of God. <coughs> and I had next to that one, Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Um, I am saved from Romans 5, 8. I am chosen, Colossians 3, 12. I have eternal life, John 3, 16. Mm. I am instructed, James 1, 22. I am not lacking. I love that one. I'm not mm-hmm. lacking because so many areas of my life, I'm like, I'm lacking here. I'm lacking there. I can't keep up. I'm like, mm. nope, I am not lacking. Psalms 34, 8 through 10. I am renewed, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Mm. I am a good work. Philippians 1 6. Hmm. I am fearfully. I have that one. I think I read that one. Yes. Um, okay, check, 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 check. Mm-hmm. Psalms 139 14. I am beautiful. 
Solomon 4, 7. I am his workmanship. Ephesians 2, 10. I am called. 1 Peter 2, 9. Mm. I am forgiven. Ephesians 4, 32. I am loved. 1 John 4, 11 through 12. I am gifted. Mm. Romans 12, 4 through 6. I am cared for. 1 Peter 5, 7. I am created. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. I am wanted. Isaiah 43, 1. I am victorious. Deuteronomy 3.22. I am upheld from Isaiah 41.10. I have perfect peace. Isaiah 26.3. I am guarded. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I have hope. Romans 5, 2 through 4. I am protected. Psalms 18.36. I have strength. Isaiah 40.31. I am rewarded, Hebrews eleven six. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I am valuable, Ephesians two ten. I am precious, Isaiah forty three four. I am His treasure, First Peter two nine through ten. I am free, Romans eight one through four. I am set apart, First Peter two nine through ten. And I am a friend of God, James 2, 23. So here's something pretty incredible is that (laughs) I only had one of those. And then I do have a few that are like the one you read right before it. I have a verse, but that is very few and far between. And I just, that was so good. Okay. So John 1, 12, I am God's son or daughter. John 15, 15, I am a friend of God. And then John 15, 16, which is my favorite scripture, I am chosen even before I chose him. Mm. Romans 5, 1, I have been justified through faith. Mm. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I am united with God and in one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I have been bought with a price and I am not my own. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, I am a member of the body of Christ. Mm. Ephesians 1, 1, I am a saint, I am holy. Ephesians 1, 5, I have been adopted. Ephesians 2, 18, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, 14, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all sins. Romans 8, 1 and 8, 31, I am free from condemnation. Second uh, Corinthians one twenty one. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God. Philippians one six. I was created. Oh, He who began a good work in me will see it to completion. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrews four sixteen. Um, I can have grace and mercy in times of need. Um, Second Corinthians, and then I had First John five eighteen, which I already read, which was, um, "If we're born of God, the evil one cannot touch me." Second Corinthians five eighteen, I am a minister of reconciliation. Ephesians two six, I am a masterpiece created for good works, and First mm-hmm. Corinthians three sixteen, I am the temple of God. So good. Those so are good. so good. We're going to have to put these on the Facebook page and just yeah, in the list. There's so many. <laughs> I know. And, and we didn't even really scratch the surface, but it, the heart is that you would know and be able to just say these out over yourself and start to, you know, 
make it be your declaration of who you are, no matter where you are, then yeah. what's going on. And I would encourage you all to make your own list yeah. and go through scripture and see what the Lord reveals to you, which would be really neat. And if you feel led, you could share your list, your list with us. It would be so neat to see what God reveals to you. I know. I would love that. And we might do that. We might um, ask on the page to say, hey, um, what's your favorite scripture that tells you your identity or your, you know, who you yeah, are in Christ? Because what people had to say, mm-hmm, I would, I would love that. Cause that's the only thing that I don't like about the podcast is we don't get interaction uh, with, with listeners. Yeah. And I really want that. I do. Me too. I do love to hear everyone, what the Lord's speaking to everyone. Yes. Um, but that's really, I think, I think we've, for me, do you have more that the Lord has on your heart? No, um, I, that was it actually on my side too. Me too. I feel like we just want you to know that, you know, um, how beloved there's another scripture that says, you know, in the beloved, I'm pretty sure it's in Ephesians as well. And he, he is the beloved and then he calls you beloved. And, um, I think I know that sounds silly, but I'm beloved in the beloved. That is something that is like how precious you are to him. And, um, we're really thankful ourselves for this opportunity to be able to share the gospel with you and our walk and everything that God's growing and teaching us. And, um, yeah, so happy Thanksgiving. And, (laughs) um, and remember as you're going into Thanksgiving, no matter what you're about to walk into with family members, who maybe put pressure on you to have certain careers or your life mm-hmm. together, or this, that, and the other, that that is not who you are. That's not, that does not define you, that you are a child of God and you can walk into with that freedom into whatever you might be about to have to face. Yeah. And we just pray God would strengthen you in that too, because dealing with family, especially if you will be around anyone who's, you know, toxic in nature, just praying for you for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Well, Brittany, you want to pray us out? Yes. Okay. Dear Lord, we love you. And we just come before you with our hearts open and just so grateful for who you are and who you've said that we are and that it doesn't change. And that in your eyes, we are just like Jesus. And we're so grateful that Jesus died for us and that he took our sins and gave us his righteousness. And we're so glad, God, that no matter what failure we face or what um, circumstances coming our way, number one, that you are with us, that you go with us, that you go before us, that you are within us if we are saved and that um, you say that we are precious and loved and your child. I thank you, God, that I can call you father. Thank you, God, that I can call you Abba father. And I just pray for all of the, the listeners right now that are walking into possibly a very heavy season of Thanksgiving and just all of the holidays that are coming up. I just pray for a renewed sense of strength for them, uh, for those who are in hard situations and those who are grieving and experiencing loss, especially for those that this is their first Thanksgiving without their loved one. God, I just pray that you would wrap your arms around them and that they would know how much you love them and know how um, you never leave them and you go and hold them as a good, good father does. And we just want to give you all glory and all honor. And thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We declare over you God's word. 
Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Thank you.